Welcome back, everybody, to the Deeper Than Sunday podcast. This podcast exists to be an extension of Grace Church San Diego's teaching on Sunday. Today, uh, we're going to cover Acts 9, 32 through 39, but more importantly, we are going to define who is Chuck Norris. Nicole, <laughs> tell us, who is Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris is that little like demon puppet thing that runs around and... I, that's Chucky. <laughs> Chucky. Oh, I see. You said that off. It's not Chuck Norris. <laughs> Did not it's know Chucky. what you were talking well, about. Well, it just made sense that the Green Reaper wouldn't tell him that he's dead because oh, he's like not oh, even alive. So I was just is, like, oh, Chucky. that's too good. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about Chuck Norris in a minute. Nicole, introduce yourself, please. Um, I'm Nicole. I am just a member of the younger generation. <laughs> And my name is Josh. I was the preacher this Sunday, and I used a Chuck Norris joke, and none Chuck. of the college kids understood. None what of it the meant. college kids. The entire front right of the entire <laughs> church was silent. <laughs> there, we had some like pity chuckles. Yeah. Or, oh. like, the old I, it made me feel good to even think about him. I haven't thought about him in a long time. It's because you're old. <laughs> I am very old. A lot more to think about. Um, okay, so a lot more to think about and talk about. But first, let's roll the theme song. Welcome back, everybody. Let's kick this off. Um, Nicole, just re- recap the the passage. What happened on Sunday? What did recap Josh talk about? Recap the passage. Yeah. Um, okay, so basically we've got some homie named Dorcas. <laughs> and who else? <laughs> Tabitha, also <laughs> a.k.a. Dorcas. And Ananias, right? Is that how you say yes. it? Yes. And um, both of these people were previously dead Nope. And no, one of them was dead. Dorcas was dead. Yes. Unless you define before you're born being dead, <laughs> then yes, really? everyone was dead before they were Aeneas born. Aeneas was Aeneas. Ananias. Let character. me say Ananias. I'm sorry. And you said I I'm said sorry, it right. I'm sorry. sorry about that. Okay. Oh, okay. He was I'm ready. I'm ready. So Aeneas Take was paralyzed, two. and Peter was like, "Get up and grab your mat." And so Aeneas got up and grabbed his mat. But I liked how Peter said in Jesus' name. Yes. And then um. Dorcas was dead and she was a very good servant of the community and um, everybody was mourning her, their loss of her and um, Peter went up to her and just said, open your eyes or get up. Get up. Told her, get yeah. up, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she got up and walked away. I love that. I just feel like even calling her Dorcas, like she had a name, <laughs> like why include that? Like, okay, they wait, know. what is Dorcas? It's her Greek name. Oh, okay. So that is her name. Yeah, but it's like, it doesn't seem significant other than the fact for like us in the 21st century, it's just a funny sounding name. I didn't want to get into that, but a couple chapters earlier with the widows, the, the Greek widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food. And now you have a couple chapters later, the Greek widows are integrated into the life of the church and one of them who is doing good has passed mm. away. And so uh, I think that Luke is including that to say, uh, hey, there's been some movement. And whether or not Tabitha slash Dorcas was a widow, we don't know. Dorcas uh, is up there with like Helga. It's nice. like on the same level. I love it. I love, yeah, I love what Josh said too. Okay, so here's the, <laughs> like the main crux of the message, how I took it, is that if somebody can be resurrected from the dead, anything can be resurrected. So just to kick us off, how do we make the jump from um, one person in the church getting resurrected to us today getting a resurrection from anything that needs to be resurrected? It's a good 
It's a good jump. Uh, there's 10 resurrections in the New Testament, or sorry, in the Bible. There's uh, This is number nine in the New Testament. And then the next one is done by Paul. So I tried to say, if this is possible, then anything's possible. Um, it, it's pretty easy for us just to like move on from like a resurrection, but this is no small thing. Uh, Tabitha slash Dorcas had been dead. She's up in the upper room. Peter goes up there, tells her to get up. And, and if that is true, then downstream from that, the good news of the gospel is that your, your marriage can be resurrected, your depression, your anxiety, anything you're experiencing, it doesn't have to stay dead. Uh, it is a jump for sure, uh, but I tried to explain that logically. Have you ever seen anybody get resurrected from the dead, Nicole? I resuscitated a grasshopper that drowned. Okay. <laughs> Resuscitation's yeah. pretty similar to resurrection. Yeah. I mean, how long was she dead? That's the other question. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, Lazarus, you you know, three days dead. Jesus, three days, comes back. So, the again, we if, if you have church background, which I'm assuming most listeners here do, uh, you can just kind of read past that. You're like, oh, she just raised from the dead. It's like, this, this is a significant thing because what Peter's experiencing, it's like the Holy Spirit is saying that he's, he's with Jesus. He's with the other guy that can raise the dead. Like that message is still going forward. And so I just tried to say, don't let that get lost on you, that the dead can be raised. Nice. And it points to a future reality. It's this already not yet thing. That we will be raised from the dead or yeah. that we are already raised from the dead. Which is it? Both and. Okay. That's good. How, how, how's that the case? How's that play out in our lives if... If we, if we put our faith in Jesus, we um, put our faith in the resurrection of Jesus, we're resurrected now, but then we also are resurrected after we die too? How does that work? So many resurrections. <laughs> um, okay, as we get into it, do you, did you guys, do you have fear, did you have fear of death when you were little? Dude, when you said that on stage, I was like, yes, me too, especially at that age too. It's still kind of there. I'm not going to say it's not Thanotophobia, I believe is oh, the fear is it? fear of death which uh, i believe is where Endgame avengers uh thanos gets his name from oh look at them they did a little research not me that was nerdy <laughs> oh my gosh you, sh- you guys should have seen the her villain face. in avengers is named thanos <laughs> thanosophobia is the fear of death he he's the one that's the bringer of death yes when you said that so i didn't fear dying i f- I feared the endlessness of eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The that. thought. Oh, you did that too? Well, I did everything. Oh my yeah. gosh. I didn't care Absolutely. if I died. But I thought, I like, I knew I was going to heaven according to what my church was telling me <laughs> and what I believed. But it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to go on forever. Yeah. What, the, what are we going to do? Into a spiral and sometimes. you, uh, you'll be singing worship songs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right? the teaching, right? <laughs> like, you'll be uh, a chubby yeah. little angel and you'll sing worship songs. This is just the general thoughts out there. I'm not saying this is true. When I was like, under 10 I would be sitting in the bathtub and I would just start like sobbing and crying <laughs> and my mom would like rush in she's like are you okay and I was like I don't want you to die <laughs> just like crying about my parents dying and then after and then I was like I don't want to die so yeah I've been having existential crises since I've been able to think <laughs> <laughs> it's your poor generation I think that's common and that's uh, about too much so the Chuck Norris joke was in the middle of that. So Jeff's talking about resurrections. Before you get to the resurrection, I said, resurrection implies death. The implication, to be raised from the dead implies you mm-hmm. died. And that's really scary. That's very scary. And it should be scary. So the the teaching that I try to tell people, and it sounds like bad news, is that death has claim on you. Like that's a real fear for a real reason. 
Um, and I, by, by trying to lighten up a little bit, I, I talked about Chuck Norris saying that he died 10 years ago, but the Grim Reaper's too afraid to The generation to tell him. that's the most stressed out about death did not get the joke, so. <laughs> when I went to the lunch, uh, went to the college lunch, and uh, I said, David Goggins died 10 years ago, but the Grim Reaper's too afraid to tell him. And then they're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Which, like, half of our audience doesn't know who Dave Goggins is. Well, yeah. I wrote in my Bible, Jesus, they don't know me, son. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Okay, this is the great generational gap moment on the podcast. It is. So, there is a real claim on us that de- death is coming. It's guaranteed from the Garden of Eden. Sin has entered the world. Sin brings death. Death is real. It's scary. It's, it's a terrible thought. And so, um, spiritually and physically, this is the difficulty of, of trying to answer Jeff's question. Uh, spiritually, we were dead in our sins. And when we became a follower of Jesus, when the Holy Spirit entered our hearts and we repented and Jesus is Lord, then we were resurrected spiritually, which means physically we will be resurrected eventually. This is what baptism sim- symbolizes, that you were buried with Christ when he was buried 2,000 years ago. So, so judgment day is now in the past. My death is now in the past. And I was raised out of the water to be just just like Christ was raised and I'm raised to walk in the newness of life that Christ offers. So is our resurrection in the future? Yes. Has it already happened also? Yes. This is the already not yet of the kingdom. But but we don't fully live into that resurrection here on earth yet. It'll only become full once we die. Is that correct? Yeah. N.T. Wright talks about it like it's not the Christian doesn't get life after death. The Christian gets life after life. Mm. Uh, so your your death happens spiritually, and that's the only death you'll ever experience. So now it's just life after life. Now that afterlife won't just be chubby angels singing, uh, here I am to worship. <laughs> Could <laughs> be. Even know, do you even know that song? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Sing it, Josh. Uh, that, that we won't just be chubby angels singing um, promises. I'm trying to think of a... A young person song. Gratitude. Gratitude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some Maverick City song. Uh, there's actually a much better, bigger story, which is not just you and me and followers of Jesus will be resurrected, but the the whole world will be resurrected. And you will experience the, the resurrected world. And, and so in other words, like oftentimes growing up, you hear like, the, the world's coming to an end, get out of here and go to heaven and, instead of the better picture, which is the kingdom of heaven has invaded the earth and it will ultimately overtake the earth and be resurrected. This is Romans chapter eight. The, even the world is longing to be resurrected. We and the world will be resurrected with Christ as king and that eternity will look like life as it was always intended to be. What the Garden of Eden wasn't, the Garden City in Revelation will be. Um, and yes, there will be song singing, I'm sure, but it won't just be flying and singing. Yeah. Josh will be leading worship. <laughs> I Th- don't think so. That really helps me answer that first question of how do you make the jump from resurrection of death to everything is that what you just said is we will be re- the whole world, the whole, our yeah. whole essence and being of everything that we know will be resurrected. Uh, and it starts now. It starts the moment yes. you accept Christ, not after we die. So much of the difficulty of the Christian life is experiencing now what's promised later. Mm. Uh, You can have it now. You can have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all that stuff now. That's what Jesus' promises. The kingdom of heaven is here now. Um, Are we walking in the reality of that kingdom? No. It's hard. It's very hard. Good stuff. Okay, here's another question. What are we to make of the fact that God can just break through the natural laws and raise people from the dead? 
this may be just personality trait and people similar to me will understand this question, but it just is like, well, that was a curveball. Yeah. People are supposed to stay dead. What, why, why are you messing up this, the laws and the nature that you started? Are you tricking us? Like what, what's happening? What's actually, what is God doing when he brings her back from the dead? This is one of the difficulties for, let's say you're listening right now and you're a skeptic or you've been checking out church, but now you're, you're reading the Bible and you come across the book of Jonah where this guy gets swallowed by a big fish or you're reading in the Exodus story and the, the Red Sea parts. Uh, the supernatural element of the biblical story can be a hurdle for some people. So you read like, man, God's raising the dead. How's that possible? So I, I think what has helped me is to realize that everything obeys God. Like he is Lord of the supernatural world. He's Lord of the natural world. He's Lord of all of it and it obeys him. So for him to tell someone to get up, death itself obeys. And that, again, that, that takes faith. That's a big claim. Uh, but that is an exclusively Christ centered thing. Um, that the demons didn't fight Jesus in the gospels. They obeyed Jesus in the gospels. When Jesus tells the winds and the waves to stop, they don't say, oh, well, think about it. They just like, they know him, they respond to him. It's it's an ultimate authority. Colossians chapter one says, in him, all things were made that have ever been made. All things hold together because of Jesus. I remember one of my professors, my philosophy professor said, if, if Jesus, this, this makes my head hurt. I don't even think I can communicate this in a way that makes sense. But he's like, uh-uh, if all I'm things hold together shouting. by the word of his mouth, like if Jesus just stopped holding the world together, then it would just dissipate. Like the whole universe would dissipate according to Colossians 1. And you're like, what? That Christ right now is holding the world together. The molecules, the gravity. This, it, it's a, it's, I would say raising the dead is small compared yeah. to what God is ultimately in charge of. Jeff is having a crisis. Over no, there. He's I, no, like I crazy sta- He's like thousand yard stare. No, I had a paradigm <laughs> shift when you started talking. Um, cause I've looked paradigm at it like, shift. Oh, he's breaking the natural laws. Like, no, when these people get raised from the dead, that is, that's, that's, the, that's the natural law. Yes. Now what, we're talking. What, whatever God does was supposed to happen. He is not, going back on his original design, he's like, this is what was going to happen anyway. He's breaking through. And, and it is just part of it. So, oh man. I tried to say that about the resurrection. It's, it's not impossible for Christ to raise from the dead. It's impossible that Christ died in the first place. Death had no claim on him. Sin had no claim on him. He had paid all the things that were owed. And so, of course, he's going to raise from the dead because he, he can't stay dead. That's what's not possible. Uh, now, for us, we, we don't always see it that way. Uh, but when a healing happens, uh, that's that's more closely aligned to ultimate reality than the fact that we're sick in the first place, mm-hmm. which is, is kind of difficult for our heads to get around. You said earlier that um, the wages of sin is death. You weren't the first to say that. The Bible says that. Romans 6.23. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. It wasn't Josh. Josh. like, I've never heard that Josh before. 6.23. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess my question is, and this could, this is maybe not even helpful to know the answer to, but let's just imagine somebody is born and doesn't sin. I know it's impossible, but they don't sin. Will that person still die or are, were we made, uh, sinful after the fall? So we're born into sin regardless of what we do or don't do on this earth. 
Okay, this is, uh, you guys should go do some further research on this. I think the Bible Project does a good job. But if you read the Genesis account, after sin enters the world, there is a, an angel with a flaming sword that protects the tree. Uh, what's he protecting? That you don't live eternally anymore. And I think that's actually a gospel gift that you're not eternally stuck in your sin. Like Christ is now coming for you, you'll die, and then you'll go be with him forever. And so the, one of the first provisions God made, except for like they're naked and unashamed, and then they're naked and ashamed, and all of a sudden they have animal clothing, so something's died to provide for them. And then God provides this angel to pr- protect them. So if you never sinned, uh, would you die? Well, all we have is Jesus, and he, he died. So sin, sin brings with it death, and all of us are sinful at birth. Mm-hmm. Nobody makes it out alive, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, man, that's scary. Um, here's another. Uh, I like just got off of a long shift and we're talking about death. <laughs> yeah. Angels and flaming swords. Um, okay. So then I had another question and this is just an aside just for fun. Um, so then when Jesus died on the cross, even though he didn't sin, God allowed him to die. God is the one that said, okay, death, you can know, now go take my son. Yeah. I'll get him back in a couple of days, but. He, he loosened the reins, I guess, on death. Yeah, the book of Isaiah says it was God's will to crush him. It was the, and Jesus says, no one took my life, I laid it down. And so they, there's, a, there's a submission to the penalty of death by Christ that allows him to be killed. There's one gospel account that's like, Jesus could have called down 10,000 legions of angels, and he didn't. He mm-hmm. stayed submissive to death. Philippians chapter two, he, he became obedient even to death on a cross. So he pays that for us, uh, ultimately knowing there would be a uh, there would be a glorious return and victory. But yeah, he he pays that for us. Now, what happened on Saturday between Friday and Sunday? I I don't know. I I don't know. There's a lot of debate. I wrote a book called Saturday Nothing. It talks about this, but it does not try to answer that question. Available at your favorite bookstore now. <laughs> no, it's not. Actually. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's maybe on Amazon, but didn't we, get a worldwide release on that. Sadly, it was self published and. Uh, <laughs> 10 years ago but it's a good book you guys should read it I have read it Nicole has not I'm just taking a guess <laughs> you haven't no because do you have a copy of what my book of your book yeah oh you we're talking about your book yeah. right now? Oh. did you even know he wrote one I knew he wrote one because oh, okay. he handed out, out free copies on his when he spoke here as a guest no, I didn't. Yes, you did. You're like, oh, they have. <laughs> no, I, and I. Yeah, and they had. Lying. They had free copies at the like info booth. When I came here as a guest. Yeah, preacher? when you spoke as a guest, you're like, oh, I have a book in it. <laughs> that is not true. Yes, no one even I knew s- I wrote a book until I was hired and working here. Oh, then I don't know. One time when you were, you handed out free copies of your book. Oh my gosh, you're framing that like I was self promoting. No, so I, I didn't. I like don't mean it. You were self promoting, but like I distinctly remember. Like looking at your book at the info, okay. I didn't take it. it this is <laughs> oh, so I off it topic. That, it doesn't matter. I was simply saying um, the what happened between Friday and Sunday is a very deep, dense theological topic. Where was Jesus? Uh, he went to hell to preach. But what? <laughs> I get the jokes now. Sorry. I'm, Why is he preaching in hell? There there's, already, there's no there's dirty in hell. There, well, like or, Jesus didn't go to hell, and he didn't. He hasn't resurrected yet, so there's no gospel. I'm saying that's a rabbit hole that you can go to in your own time. Where did uh, Jesus go? Where did he go on yeah. Saturday? Great, great question. Uh, the bigger question is how do we wait as Christians? If you're waiting on the resurrection, how, how do we do that? So. I try to say in the sermon that that one of the things about us as humans is how much we love stories that mimic the resurrection. 
and how if you're paying attention, every great story is conflict, sacrificial love, resurrection. And uh, I, I hope that that helped our people start to see stories differently, like mm-hmm. seeing Jesus in stories. Have you been listening to Bridgetown's, they're going through at, uh, Exodus now? No. Oh yeah. It's so good. And the, that's what, that's the they cadence about that. of the, the, the biblical story is the, what you just said. The Conflict, sacrificial love, resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super good. So yeah, recommend it. No, I'll check it out. Uh, but I, I talked about Harry Potter. Did you read Harry Potter growing up? I, we've gone over this. You couldn't? I don't like Harry Potter. Oh, you don't like it, but you, yeah. what, okay. do, what do you like? Um, like what reference could he make in a Sunday that what you'd be do like, you like? Yeah, you don't like my book. Okay. You don't like Chuck Norris. I never you read your like, book. I didn't know who Chuck Norris was. And like Harry, Harry Potter, Potter, I tried to read multiple times and I just couldn't ever. Okay. So what is it? Um, I don't know. You don't have any, like, you well, don't have any loves or enjoyments? Of course I life? do. I read a lot of books. I read, like, I have a bunch of books. But I not read. like pop culture ones. You don't get on the bandwagon? No, because I started the bandwagon. <laughs> Have you ever seen the gospel in a story, in a book? As um, I've seen it in Harry Potter or... Well, yeah, Frozen? my favorite book series. She, like, gives up all her power and, like, she dies, but then she comes back to life because she, like, gave it all up to begin with. What's your favorite series? What's it called? Oh, it's going to be embarrassing. Okay. Not to us. We'll, we will, I guarantee... You guys don't know who it is. I will never have heard of it. Okay, fine. Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass? Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds nerdy. It's like a nine <laughs> book series. It's okay. Only people who know how to read can read that. Oh, remember the Red Wall series with the mice? Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. No, okay. I Let's bring remember. this back. Uh, give the listeners something to chew on here. Uh, so today, uh, if all things, if uh, people can be resurrected from the dead, all things can be resurrected, but will all things be resurrected? And what does it take? Yeah. Sadly, no, they, they won't all be resurrected. Um, this is some of the tension of believing a promise of something to come in the future while living in a world where things still break. Um, again, I, I, I feel like I talk about the chosen. I'm. <laughs> it's a good thing to talk about. I'm using it. Uh, I'll run on a treadmill and get so bored. So I'll watch the chosen while I run on a treadmill just I to just like, saw, help me. I saw a blooper from the chosen the other day on TikTok. And it was Judas, or the guy who plays yeah. Judas, writing in his diary. And he's like, dear diary, it's another great day after the betrayal. <laughs> and it's just like, That's, just Judas being Judas. That makes me uncomfortable. Now, do you run on a treadmill because you paid for your gym membership and you feel like you have to? Because just to go outside. This is even, Jeff, it's outside? even worse than that. San we Diego. have a treadmill in my garage. Oh, <laughs> it's even okay. worse. Is it like pointing at the wall? <laughs> it's pointing yeah. like down the street. Okay, at least God's can... beautiful creation all around us, and I'll stare. I do run outside. No, I you do don't. run outside. Um, but no, you Josh, run by, you Josh run by actually, Josh claims to run by my work. I have run by your work. And I've never seen him. This is like at 8 p.m. last night. I was jogging okay. on treadmill. Kids are in bed. I'm jogging. I'm watching The Chosen. 8 p.m. And, uh, you know, again, guys, this isn't in the Bible. I'm not like saying the chosen is the inspired word of God. It's it's a story, mimicking the the real story. And so, what what the balance is in the, is Jesus is healing all these people. Yet there are some times where things are not healed, and there are some things that are not resurrected. And living in that tension of uh, just because a future resurrection is coming doesn't mean everything that is in the future is promised for me right now. This a little bit of like what we talked about last week is. Uh, God in his infinite wisdom cannot resurrect something and get glory from that. And, and are we comfortable with that? Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, it proves what are you in, in it for? 
Are you in yeah. it because you love God or are you in it because you want an easy life? And there was a church in Northern California where a young, a young daughter uh, died, three, four, five years old. I can't remember. It may have been older. I, I don't remember the, the age of the, the young girl. Um, but they believed and prayed. This is a very charismatic church. They believed and prayed for this girl's resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like they were not going to do the burial because they were going to believe and pray. And, and of course, you know, everybody who's a theological police officer comes out and gives their hot take and films their TikTok on what they believe on the scenario. Um, and yes, their theology certainly led them to a very bold, very bold, some would even say unbiblical thing, which was not burying this little girl, but praying for her resurrection. Um, and as much as I have my own theological police hot take, there was a part of me as a parent that was like, I can see where that comes from, mm-hmm. um, that believing in this future resurrection that they will see their daughter eternally sometimes feels not good enough and they, they, they want it now and they're believing for it now and they think God could get glory for it now. And so, uh, as, as uneasy as I felt like watching that from afar and as uneasy as I feel about some of the theological beliefs that come, the fruit of theology in the real world can make me uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt and think like, man, they, they were trying. Did it work? It did not work. Mm-hmm. And it, the little girl is with Jesus. She, she stayed physically dead and spiritually she's alive. Um, and I'm sure it added a double grief to that community. Uh, but that happened bro. Like in the last two years that, yeah. That story has happened. Have you heard of that? Yeah, this mm-hmm. wasn't like the 1700s where this was they like, thought it was possible because they didn't understand anatomy. Yeah, I wow. know it wasn't in the 1700s. I didn't say you did. I'm just saying like this is a modern thing. That yeah, that's that's a wild story. Mm-hmm. And there is biblical stories where someone did get up. Tabitha gets up, but this little girl doesn't. Um, Jairus's daughter, little girl, get up. I even think they framed a lot of it around the story in Mark chapter five. Um, do you and think so, it's because there's no more gospel being written right now that there's less resurrection? They, they only put the resurrections in the Bible. Like we're not going to waste them yeah. after yeah. canon. Yeah. Like this is for the gospel to grow the gospel. Okay. Uh, I come from a Southern Baptist background. I don't know if that's a great reveal to you guys, but the Southern Baptist. I think we all knew. Uh, what? Oh yeah, I know. God. I know. I know. Don't hold it against me. Jeff just flipped the table. The Southern Baptists have um, a arm of their ministry called the International Mission Board. And uh, and I've heard stories from China specifically where there are documented resurrections of missionaries going to places, praying for people, and someone's dead and they come back to life. And they document it and they tell the story. And so uh, I know we talk a lot about healings on the podcast, what can God do, and all these different theological camps. Um, I, I'm not judging that church in Northern California one way or the other. I'm just kind of reporting on what I experienced there. And in the same way, what happened in China, it's like, God still can, to answer the question, God still can, um, and God still does. Now, is he held to our timing and our theological belief? No, no, not at all. Often, this again, this it's not perfect, but often where the resurrection happens is a place that doesn't have the gospel. And so what happens after the resurrection in China is the same thing that happened in Acts chapter 9, people come to faith in Jesus because they're like, what in the world just happened? Uh, So that's kind of a pattern that makes me feel comfortable that where the gospel has not been proclaimed, often it shows up with signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. And I don't get to 
decide that. Like that's out of my pay grade. That's, that's out of my jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't get to tell God he can or can't raise the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason I pose the question is, um, the cynic in me, when I hear, Oh, everything can be resurrected. Like that's the slippery slope to prosperity theology. Yeah. Like if, if you pray enough, and you believe enough, God can resurrect everything or it's like the coffee mug. Uh, I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. It's like, we're, you're, we're kind of missing the point if, if our number one goal in our walk with Christ is that everything that I, is broken in my life should be fixed, right? And so um, how, can we, how can we fight against that temptation of like, yes, God is good and he's going he's gonna to heal me? Okay. Do either of you have something in your life right now that you wish was resurrected? Like, Yeah, of course. Um, would you mind spill sharing the, it? Spill the tea. What you got? Um, I didn't know I'd be putting. Doesn't on have that. to be like super personal. If it is, that's okay. Well, like. Oh, well, I'll say mine. You could, be, not, you could be generic. So mine's not about me. Uh, so I'll say uh, my youngest son got diagnosed with uh, type one diabetes. Yeah. So he's diabetic, and that's a lifelong diagnosis unless they find a cure with stem, stem cells or whatever. Um, so yeah, I pray every single morning. Yeah. That he'd be healed. Mm. And do you think that's building your faith? Absolutely. Yeah, and. And is it okay if God doesn't heal him? Yeah. And that's what I was trying to get at is like, let's take my situation or the Northern California situation. They encountered and communed with God more because they asked than if they hadn't have asked at all. And so what's greater that Richie is healed or I get to meet with God every morning. I, I think God in his wisdom knows what's best for you. Mm-hmm. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, we're going to throw you in the fire if you don't kneel. And they say, throw us. He mm-hmm. can heal us. He can deliver us. He will deliver us. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we'll burn. Like, what a prayer life. What a posture towards God. That whatever's in your mind, Nicole, or Jeff, what you just shared, like, he can heal Richie. He will. Uh, even if he doesn't, I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm going to ask him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he will eventually heal Richie. Um, that's the promise to believe that, uh, Richie will be healed. It just, will it be in this life? We, we don't know. We don't know. Sorry to put you on the spot asking you. <laughs> I don't have to share anything, but I do want to hear from you. Just that idea of the, the asking and talking to God being the greater gift than the, than the resurrection. Do you feel that true to be true? I do, but sometimes it's so easy to like feel guilty for it too. I think just cause I'm like, Oh this time that normally is spent like in communion with the Lord and is kind of like now spent with me asking for some things. And like that can like easily be like turned into like gratefulness for what I do have. And, and then just like, Lord, like thank you for like, you know, just the health, like for my mom, my, my mom example for, ex- wow, I just had a stroke. <laughs> for example, my mom had, um, has a couple of tumors in her spine and they find, uh, found out they're not cancerous, thankfully, but it was still kind of scary. And they have to keep doing just routine MRIs all the time. And um, when we were waiting on the results for that, we were just like, I was just praying, Lord, I just thank you for the health that she does have right now and um, the habits that she has built over the years and just kind of like thankful for all the things I did have. So I guess that I found that I did get closer to the Lord because I was you know, just counting my blessings more than I would have normally. It's, it's so beautiful to engage God as he can. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he's already been so faithful in other ways. I just, I, th- I think when we, when we don't pray, we're missing out. And when we pray like, God, if you don't do it, I'll never trust you. We're, mm-hmm. we're missing out. And, and sadly, those can feel like the options for us. Uh, Tim Keller says, if you knew everything God knew, you'd answer every prayer the way God answers it. <laughs> like, well, I don't uh, Good one. Good one. Good I don't one. know how that Still, helps I, me. Wait, what? I didn't catch if it. If you knew everything that God knew, you would no. answer every prayer the way God does. Uh. So uh, there's a reason. Or as uh, the great theologian Garth Brooks would say, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> I you don't know, I Garth, know Brooks? Garth Brooks? I've heard of it. I've heard Garth of the Brooks. quote, but I don't know who that it's person a, is. It's a country song. Oh. Country singer. I do not advocate country songs. You know what the great uh, theologian oh, yeah. Nicole Mitchell said? What? That Jesus Everybody, so loved that's, the, that's Nicole's last name is Mitchell. Yeah. Okay. So and that Jesus, Jesus so loved the world that he suffered his time here on earth in biblical times with the knowledge of pumpkin spice lattes in 2020. Oh my. I wonder what they, I wonder if they had an equivalent back then. And they like, didn't. It there's there's no cool. equivalent. He did not get to experience the pure joy of getting like an iced chai with pumpkin spice cold, cold foam. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to go out on a limb and they had better spices and seasonings back then spice. than we do That's now. all they had. They definitely yeah. didn't have pumpkin. This, pumpkin. This is a... <laughs> did you say pump, pumpkin? Pumpkin. Oh my gosh, don't say pumpkin. Okay, as as the sermon was wrapping up, I started sharing things like that. Like you you, uh, you can see marriage is resurrected, relationship with your children. And there's a question of like, how? How, how do I experience that? And, and the the short un, uninspiring answer is faith faith uh, you you have got to you got to believe that god can do something in that space and start to act like he can do something in the space so if if you're listening and you're waiting uh let's say you're single and you want to be married and you go man god could not resurrect my love life <laughs> it's too dead <laughs> it can't happen uh that's an area to apply faith to engage with your father to talk to him to to pour your heart out to god and to have faith and then 10 years from now, if that's all changed, you'll look back and you no longer need faith for marriage because you're married. Well, then there's other stuff. And so I, I, I know it's extreme, but like this, what's dead in your life that needs to be resurrected is kind of an extreme way to say, uh, your, your father can do impossible things. You don't have to stay comfortable with where you are. And you can experience that without being like weirdo prosperity. All things are mine. My bank account's going to grow. My life's going to get better. So no sickness shall cometh to me. You know, put your hair on your head and say, uh, I, or put your hands on your head and say, my brain is better, my hair is better. Like, that's off the table. We're not talking about that. We're actually just talking about how to engage your father in places where you feel stuck. Mm. And, and if, if Tabitha is raised from the dead, you don't have to stay stuck. Uh, but so many of us feel stuck, like totally stuck. So I, w- I was hopeful that this message would do that, uh, help us get unstuck. It was for me. And just, Thinking about that, the the Christian um, worldview in contrast to like, let's say what the, a Buddhist would say. The Buddhist would say, uh, Jeff, just stop wanting Richie to not have diabetes anymore. He's like, the to get rid of that desire is your pathway to enlightenment or happiness. And I'm not for sure what a Muslim would say. I, my guess is they would say, do better, follow the rules and things will work out better. But this this beautiful, wonderful, wild God that it, it makes me think of Aslan in, in yeah. the, in the Chronicles of Narnia is like, he's not safe, but he's good. Who knows what's going to happen, but he's with us in, inside the story. And I just think that's a, a more beautiful way to live. It's so good. And 
and everything else that you put your trust in and try to find life in, uh, it's just not going to satisfy. It's not going to be good enough. And so to have Christ and to have nothing else is still better. Uh, it's still better than trusting in other things. And um, sadly, the resurrection gets talked about like one time a year. So it was fun to mm. to not talk about it on Easter. <laughs> so good. Yeah. All right, Nicole, I've got something for you. Then God said, <laughs> let there be light. And Chuck Norris said, say please. She didn't laugh at all. <laughs> How about this? Chuck because Norris I'm Superman? like, I just don't understand Superman, him as a character. Superman wears Chuck Norris pajamas. To bed. <laughs> but like, I don't even know what this guy looks like. So I can't laugh. Is he, he bald? He has a beard. He is a white man. who a is white man? He is studied in the ways of martial arts beyond all recognition. You, he is one of the best martial artists to ever live. There he is. Sure. He looks like Nicolas Cage. That's Wikipedia. <laughs> I want him, yeah, like 90s Walker, Texas Ranger, Chuck Norris. Show her a picture of that, and if she doesn't start blushing, I'll... If I don't start blushing? I mean, he's a handsome man. Uh, he literally looks like Nicolas Cage. When I was talking, Tell to, me the, I'm wrong. When I was talking to the college kids, I was having a hard time coming up with a young generation's version of this. So I was like uh, Liam Neeson and Taken. You know how like he's just mm-hmm. the most incredible figure that takes on bad guys, or Jackie Chan. Oh, or, yeah, but uh, he lost his wife yeah. and daughter three times. They they were so he's not that he's not that great. <laughs> or uh, Denzel and the Equalizer, like any movie, Tom Cruise and the Jet Jack Reacher. But I was running mm-hmm. through this and I was like, you probably don't know any of those. Like, of course I know who Tom Cruise is. But in Jack Reacher, like those kind Mission of Mission Impossible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, John Cena. Doesn't have the same story, but he has the same like ubiquity across all. Like everybody knows John Cena. Um, Ubiquity. Yeah, it's like a. I know it. Yeah, goes everywhere. Okay, Uh, okay, great. Acts nine, end of Acts. What do we got coming up next week? Do we have any teasers or anything else we want to talk about? Uh, Yeah, Acts chapter ten. Peter uh, takes the gospel. The Spirit leads him to take the gospel to a man named Cornelius, who's a Gentile. So we're going to talk about. Ethnic harmony, ethnic diversity, racism, uh, all kinds of fun coming up next week. I don't, yeah, that sounds great. I cannot wait for that week. Nicole has already got her phone out. She has checked out. I'm the podcast not checked out. And she's gone to the nice next thing. No, I can't wait for next weekend either. Hopefully, you have a bunch of Point Loma Nazarene students too. It's exciting. Why we'll will doing, they be here? We're doing outreach tomorrow oh, on nice. campus, or it's like welcome week on campus shout out to all the college students who came we had a ton of people that was great 40 people at the taco dinner taco lunch Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. awesome okay awesome so you guys keep listening uh send us your questions we want this to be a podcast for you guys so email us at podcast at gracesd.com check us on instagram on sundays reply to those stories or send us a dm and until next week we'll talk to you then